Hello and welcome to episode number 178 of the Nerd Pro Crow Podcast. Only one real plug because we may or may not be off next week because of some scheduling conflicts and also setting up some guests for some future episodes. So we're probably going to be gone next week. You will probably be hearing this tomorrow, so happy Labor Day. The only plug is uh, September 9th. You're going to have to look up the details of this. Uh, is that an amazing poet named Gina Andrew is having her book release at Wild Project on 3rd Street between 1st and Avenue A and Avenue B. That is down on the Lower East Side. And you should probably get tickets ahead of time because it's very likely that's going to sell out. That's the only really plug, uh, real plug. Not really a plug for me. There's going to be some open mics and some stuff that I'm going to be talking about in later episodes and some more stuff, you know, to plug in later episodes. So the one note, two notes, uh, I know last episode maybe in the intro, also in the description, I said that uh, we covered Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass, which is an indie game. Uh, that actually was not in last episode. That is in this episode. So that is a correction in case you listened to that whole episode and you were excited about games. And you were like, what? They didn't cover it. What the hell? It was in the intro. Uh, so that is in this episode. Also, just as a little caveat, uh, I, Casey and Angelo destroy Voltron season six and seven in this episode. Uh, I think I agree, generally speaking, with a lot of the criticisms, uh, having now watched uh, all of season seven. There are, I think there are some good points of Voltron Season 7. Uh, they are small and few and far between. That being said, if you completely disagree with uh, Angelo and Casey's opinions about Voltron Season 6 and 7, please let us know at NerfoQuo on Twitter or NerfoQuo at gmail.com or go on the website and leave a comment, NerfoQuo.com, leave a comment uh, under this episode. And, yeah, uh, let us know you're out there. As always, if you like this, share it with uh, anyone you can, any way you can, so we can get more listeners. I know we were off for a month, so we've probably, I haven't even checked the metrics. We've probably gone down to three listeners uh, who are probably all friends of mine. So, yeah, if you uh, like this, uh, hit subscribe. If you are not subscribed, leave a review in iTunes. All of that does indeed help us. Uh, so yeah, uh, just uh, it's, I, I'm not really gonna get into big detail about the stuff that I liked about Voltron Season Seven. There are some cool little team, little individual character moments for members of the team, but it is, as you're going to hear, buried in a lot of stupid. I don't think we covered anything positive about Season Seven. Uh, I think uh, one thing we didn't cover is I'm like 80% sure that the Altan in the mystery mech at the end of Season 7, spoiler, is actually Hagrid. That is my theory, and I am sticking with it. There are a couple of nice little team, like I said, nice little team moments for a couple of the characters, but like I said, uh, and they're few and far between. It's mostly from the Paladins and not really from anyone else. It's just, just so much dumb, and you're going to hear about it. So, here it is, episode 178 of the Nerf Podcast. Yep. We're back. What the fuck, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I need. I needed to eat something. Jamie's just going to chew loudly into the microphone while we yes, have this yes, discussion. I, I might die. 
All right, so we don't know how long you guys have waited since our last episode, um, but in the intervening time, yes, um, the world has been destroyed twice. Um, the first time was the good time. The second time, eh. yeah. I'm. T- I mean, technically, uh, what I'm eating right now, it, it's it's food. Yes. <laughs> Um, this is still Earth 2, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the last episode that we were on, we talked about anime, but there's a lot of shit that happened that wasn't anime yeah. that we really wanted to talk about slash yell about. Indeed. Um, so, Jamie, I'll let you decide. Do you want to start with something good, something okay, or something horrible? <laughs> I, I, I wanted to start with something that I think we disagree on uh, profoundly. Not profoundly. No, we just disagree on, which is Voltron. Oh, okay. Uh, keep Fuck in mind, you. Keep, keep, in, <laughs> keep in mind, I have only watched the first three episodes of season seven, so it's... Uh, okay. Okay. So, so everybody, Voltron has, has birthed season seven from its sickening putrid womb. Um, See, this is where uh, we disagree. I actually, uh, the previous uh, podcast we discussed season six, mm-hmm. and I actually really liked season six. So, okay. I can't believe, I'm sorry, I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe, I cannot fucking believe <laughs> that season six became watchable. Because it descended so far into badness that I went insane and bad became good and good became bad. They threw a million Shiro's into the sun! See, here's the thing. Season 5 was really bad. It was yes, not good. Season 5 was horrendous. Season 6... I'll even, I'll even grant you uh-huh. that part of the reason why maybe I really like season 6 was like, that look, season 5. Was that it had season 5 before it? See, here's the yes. thing. When I watched season 6, I came off of season 6 saying, that was not as bad as season 5. I enjoyed that because there might be something good in the future. Um, I they they threw, but they did throw a million shiros into, 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 into the, the sun. sun. The Shiro clone plotline is so fucking dumb. It's bad. Like, it's just it's it's incredibly bad in every I possible have, way. It doesn't make sense from any angle whatsoever. And then it already didn't make sense. And then they threw three hundred shiros into the sun with no explanation. Like 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 like. like Here's the thing. For I thought of, I went comatose. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, um, Shiro for the past like three fucking seasons has been fucking dead. Has been dead and has his consciousness dead stuck in the astral plane. In the astral plane. And the Shiro that we've been hanging out with has been a clone that was a sleeper agent of some sort meant to screw up the Voltron Force, which makes no fucking sense. Why would the Black Lion, who not only is psychic, but has dead Shiro inside of it. Yes. Inside of it. I'm not. They step. They say that. Even that was too stupid. Like, inside I didn't say, the black lion. He was inside the black lion. And it clone Shiro was able to pilot it. I'm it, like, yeah, it do, do we teeth. see something wrong with yeah, this? And then suddenly it's but, like. But, but he. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. See, okay. All right. Fair step one. So, step step one. one. I was I was going to say that, that he has problems piloting the black lion throughout season six and that's why he ends up not piloting it later but yeah you're 
technically. Yeah, but why ever? Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, why ever? Yeah. Why at all? Why Second didn't... of all, if he was a sleeper agent meant to fuck up the Voltron Force in some way, and he successfully got into the Black Lion, why did he not betray the Voltron Force during the fight with Zarkon, during the three fights with Lotor, during the fight with the gigantic cannon that Hagar was controlling. Also, at a and time, <laughs> wait, 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 at a time when they were in their lions and defenseless, rather than going sleeper agent when they were in the cast, like it didn't, none of there the timing makes sense. It did not make sense. points in which he could have betrayed the paladins right. and ruined everything and just didn't. But, but yes, so, so not a, not countering your point. Only saying that uh, that decision, the the dumb decision, wasn't mm. Shiro's dumb decision. It was Hagar's dumb decision. Why didn't Hagar decide actually to, to trigger him? Because she had to fight to trigger him because he wasn't her clone. Yeah, that, was, you, that, that was established. That it is established yeah. that he was somebody else, like. Like, we don't know whose, but she had to fight him to take over his mind. Okay. She did not... He was not programmed to be loyal from the start, which also doesn't make sense. No matter whose clone project it was, why wouldn't you program the clone to be loyal? God, I hope they resolve some of that, which I don't think... Hagar! No, they fucking did it! They They had their chance! Jamie, they had their chance! They had 17 chances! They threw a million Shiros into the sun, and they never mentioned it again! Let's talk about throwing the Shiros into the sun. Oh my god. So they find Shiro floating in an escape pod and say... Yeah, okay. So we find yeah. we find Shiro floating in an escape pod dying of deoxygenation. So, so deoxy deoxygenation? Was yeah, was the plan to have a bunch of clone Shiros and shoot them out into space at random points and hope that Voltron finds them and when they die, load up another one of the Shiro bullets from the Shiro clone facility and throw them out there. And if that wasn't the dumb plan that it sounds like, if that wasn't their plan, then why did they have 300 why did they clone Why did they have not just more than one? clone of Shiro like a handful I'd be like oh okay like four you know like maybe some died in utero like maybe you had a cloning facility like maybe there's a new maybe cloning facility one died out they there, had an I- entire orbital space station filled to the brim with clone bodies of Takashi Shirogane and we don't know why do you think that maybe from a storytelling perspective knowing who did that why they did that when they did that, for what purpose they did that, and what they were going to do with the extras could possibly be of relevance to us, the watchers of the show? He's You're assuming that... that here, here's what I was saying. He's the stir-fry special at Frippet Sauce. <laughs> oh my god, are they farming him for his meat? That doesn't even make sense. It's not even... They could have cloned the cow. <laughs> this doesn't I, make any I, sense. I will say... Are they renting him out? I will. I, I, this I think comes back to my original point of the fact that season five was so terrible. Mm-hmm. That I think, and like I said, I can't. Uh, so, so are we just establishing that you're pleading to temporary insanity? Not temporary insanity. Mm-hmm. Temporary. Uh, not even temporary. Permanent insanity. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Look, look, I'm not denying that either. Uh, that uh, I've kind of just accepted that even though they, uh, 
they keep it seems like they keep setting up stuff that you think is going to make sense. I've just kind of accept, accepted that n- it's not, not going to make not sense. Not only doesn't Nothing it make sense. So, here's, so you've gone limp, and that's the, that's the glowing praise of season here's six. The, here's the thing. Not only do they set up stuff that doesn't make sense, they set up stuff that could be cool and decide to throw it in the trash can. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Crolia, okay. Matt so, Holt, the Aksha Redemption so, arc. So, The cow. <laughs> season seven. Yeah. Season seven. Which I have not finished. Which you have not finished. Fuck you. Anyway, like, we're going to rant about this because it's horrible. It's so bad. They they set up the, so here's the thing. They set up this plot line where it's like, we need to return to Earth so that we can restore the Castle of Lions for some inadequately explained reason. Um, They have been, when they fought Lotor, they were... They went out of the plot for three years. They went through a time rift and popped out three years later. Except they popped out in real time, and then they vanished for three years. Which also, why would you do it that way? So That doesn't make sense either. So, now they gotta go to Earth. Now they gotta go to Earth. Uh, But before they go to Earth, uh, Keith's mom has gotta fuck off. Because... Because she, they, 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 they didn't want to explain why she wasn't interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Holt has got to, you know, they actually did not explain. Until, yeah, like, like, they didn't explain why we didn't bring Matt with us. Like, why we didn't think, why we didn't even, like, call him on the phone and be like, Matt, do you want to come to Earth? We're going to Earth to restore the Castle Alliance. Oh, sorry, just, I'm just so just busy. Brother. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm just so busy doing rebellion stuff. Also, I'm banging in hot alien chick because I'm extremely straight. I'm Matt Holt. Um, so, so, and we could just, like, it, you, you could do a two-minute scene. Yeah, where it's like you explained, but but that's the thing. The writers are just like, we don't want to have to deal with this, so we're throwing it out. So then the first couple of episodes are, man, it sucks having to go to Earth because when we have to go to Earth, all of our, we don't have a lot of fuel and people have to like sit in these cramped lions and blah blah blah. Except the lions literally refuel by magic bullshit, and I'm not just saying that to like be a comic guy. It becomes a plot point that they realize that the lions refuel via magic bullshit. So yeah. why are they doing this? Yeah, so that's dumb. Uh, so for the first few episodes, it's just about how wacky it is that everybody has to be in the lion. Space together. adventures. Um, they they try to do fucking Sandra Bullock in Gravity for one episode. That was yeah, interesting. Uh, that was then, almost interesting. And then they then they then they, um, then they cut to an episode where a celestial being forces yeah, like them the Elemist from the Animorphs, yeah, only less interesting. Face forces them to play a game show. And brings up how they write in all these characters, which they do nothing Yeah, with. it was basically a game show full of trivia of like, hey, remember when we had all these plot lines that went nowhere? Yeah. Ha-ha! Uh. Largo Fargo Sneep or whatever. Yeah, so, uh, that, so then that episode happens. And then they show up at Earth. And, uh, and so they show up at, at, at the Milky Way Galaxy. Oh Pitch my god. Can't, doesn't know what a solar system is. Which yeah, Pidge is like, we're in the me. solar system as she's looking at what is clearly the whole galaxy. Um, the whole ga- galaxies are real big. And Earth is taken over by Sendak. Um, yeah, whoops, he beat us there because he had a three-year uh, uh, his head start, I guess. So we need to... So we need to... 
stow the lions around Jupiter, Saturn, Saturn uh, because... If they the the fleet is surrounding Earth, and if they see the lions coming, they'll fire on Earth. Remember this because it comes into play later. Not at all. Um, um, so I fit, so clearly I'm going to continue to watch Voltron the way the way I watch Fate. It's what you're yes. Telling, what you're telling me. Also, you, also we just have to remember. Pigeon invented cloaking technology. Yeah, Pigeon invented cloaking technology yeah. for the Green Lion that also works with Voltron, and they never use it. They never. They didn't even bring it up. So. They go to Earth and they meet up with the Resistance where that, you know, and the backstory of the Resistance is that Sam Holt, Pidge's dad, was fighting against this horrible, unreasonable Admiral Sonda. All right, we have to bookmark Admiral Sonda and come back to it because that's going to play into the Adam conversation and the conversation about why Voltron is actually bad and not progressive. (laughs) Okay, so you want to talk about Adam first? So it turns out Shiro is gay. Shiro has a boyfriend. It, tur- it turns out. Yeah. 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 Turns um, out. Um, it turns out. The, Shiro has a boyfriend called Adam, who they reference one point during a flashback. In the, in the, first, in the, first, in the first episode, episode of the first season. Where it is revealed that Shiro is dying from some sort of horrible, inexplained, unnamed disease, which they do not bring up at any point for the rest Ever of the again. season. Also, remember when they had a million clone Shiro's? Yeah, if it's a degenerative disease, it's probably genetic. Did they unclone the genetic disease? He, he is not suffering from that shit anymore. So they say Adam's name once, and, Adam, and they never say boyfriend, but Adam is, Adam is like... Really up? Yeah, actually, we know they're boyfriends because we witnessed their breaking up conversation. Yeah. So they're actually ex-boyfriends. And then, they are not current boyfriends. Then during the, pa- the backstory, the backstory of what the fuck happened in Earth, Adam, for like five seconds, is on screen going like, well, it's time for me to get in a fighter. He's doing fighter like, blows like up. He does like the Death Star Trench thing of like, I can't see him. I can't see him. I'm hit. I'm hit. And they're all like. Piggy! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> and then and then he blows up, and then guess what? They don't even mention him. They don't tell Shiro. Shiro wait, 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 wait. Ask about Shiro him. goes to the special wall memorial with everyone's names on it, pokes his name, and looks sad. Yeah, and that is it. And that's And it. this was supposed to be the massive progressive thing that yeah, they see, did. See, like here's here's the problem with this. Um, the breakup conversation was leaked at San Diego Comic-Con and without any other context as to how bad the season was going to be. Very. I was kind of like, you know what? Like, that's really adult, you know? Like, people, like, the conversation was basically, Adam was like, Shiro, please stop flinging yourself onto really dangerous missions. It's emotionally stringing me out. I want us to settle down. I want to have a quiet, nice life, especially since you are extremely sick with an unnamed disease. <laughs> and Shiro is like, but I like crazy suicide missions. I'm also probably fucking my student. And Adam is like, this is unaccept this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable and I'm leaving you. Goodbye. And it's like, yeah, I know that's not like, like, like that's representation of like real people relationships. But then on the ground you get in and I like I was imagining that this would be like like more in depth. It would happen during a conversation live with Shiro. No, it's Keith no. having flashbacks about Shiro. No, yeah, see. going into his memories or some dumb shit. And then Adam like like, like, like never Adam's name doesn't drop from Shiro's fucking mouth ever, ever, it's dumb ever. And so then. And, like, it would be one thing if you did that but didn't comment about it. Like, it was something you did as a matter of course. And he'd be like, kind of bad writing, but interesting that they, like, just threw it. But 
The Voltron team in the marketing, in the marketing for this season, went up and down social media. We have produced for you your gay relationship. Laud us, the progressive kings of Netflix. We have created for you the LGBTQIA content. And everyone was kissing their ass. And then it turned out to be like this really shitty thing. But it was like, it was like thoughtlessly shitty. And, and but then. Here's the thing. That the, the, there's a laundry list, and we get, we need to get to the worst one last because the next one is they introduce a new team of hotshot. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Consisting of Lance Part Two, Lance Part the Two, the nerdy white girl, three people who I can't remember, and a black guy who's actual, and a black guy <laughs> whose main point of characterization is that he doesn't talk. Do you see what's wrong with this picture? They literally the they, only by the way the only black character the black the only black male character of actual like african descent like whether he's african-american or like afro something else because they're like supposed to be the global coalition of the last human survive he does not get lines he has like three lines, three lines in the, the entire season, we season including lot like including, including moments lines, where he doesn't respond on radio with like roger they, he's like, supposed to be to, the yeah. military do you see what's wrong with this picture? Like it was, it was astounding how bad it was that the whole idea was the black guy doesn't get to speak. We were just like, like "Oh my god, it's so bad!" Wow, it's so very bad. Like, see, and now, just now without I, comment. Now, now I really do have to watch the rest of this. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I will say, I, like I we're said, not at the worst part. Yeah, we haven't fine. even gotten to the worst part. We'll get to the worst part in a second. But I will say that the um. The overarching theme of the show is is incredibly failed possibility. Is, is <laughs> incredibly yes, fa- yes. Voltron? That's the new subtitle. No, no, Voltron. Voltron. Incredibly yeah, failed not, not just, possibility. And like I said, I did like season six. That being said, uh, there are many reasons why I that I can't think of that just during the time period that I watched. And, and granted, only the last couple of episodes, and I will give you the throwing a million Shiro's into the sun, uh, <laughs> is is I think part of my brain is just accepted that it, like it's going to be a mess. It's just that I don't I don't know that I get if, a, 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 as upset about it anymore. If it were a mess, maybe it is. Maybe you're right. If I it have were an, insane. If it were an entertaining mess, I would like it. We For example, Yu-Gi-Oh. I watch. Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Like, I watched 180 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. If you want to talk about failed possibilities, weirdly aborted subplots, bad writing, and characterization with ups and downs, that's Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. And I love every fucking minute the of that is not show. That. It, it's not just that it's a mess. The problem is that... They have their heads so far up their ass, they think they're doing an amazing job. Yeah, like if, if Voltron were advertised and presented as the cheesecake like the old Voltron mm-hmm. was, then I wouldn't feel so resentful. But they go out of the... The Avatar team is taking on a new thing. We're making the real Vol- the Voltron you wished you had. They present it as good writing as progressive writing and then they hand you a gold-plated shit and expect you to eat it smile and thank them speaking of by the way what's, we're not what's we're, the worst thing well we're not gonna get the worst thing yet because i actually have to skip to the end 
Well, no, no, no. Because I'm, I'm on a very limited time thing here. Jamie, so you are going to shut the fuck up <laughs> and listen to all the shit that we have to say. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah. I'm going to skip to the end, and then we'll get to the worst thing. So you, you get to the end. Of course they beat Sendak, right? Yeah. They do this in episode 12. Then a completely random, completely as random. yet unseen... Completely unseen up to this point in seven seasons. Like, Zone of the Ender-style mech shows up and starts fighting Voltron for no good reason. We have no idea what they are. And for two-thirds of episode 13, that's all they do. And during this point... The new ship that they bought gets magic power that they built gets magic powers and turns into an even bigger mech. And like uh, they- a mech like several times Voltron's size. And then the new the new mech that's been fighting them manifests ghost powers to take out the bigger mech. We have <laughs> three seasons worth of power creep crammed into seventeen minutes, and every one of those minutes was agony. And you just do this fucking fight against someone you don't know, someone you can't even care about after Sendex already dead. Doesn't after even all talk. The protagonists are already dead, you know, um, as like a build up for the next season. And you can't care because people are just pulling things out of their asses. It's in the middle of the emotional denouement of the like Sendak fight, which we had been caring about for several episodes and which we were in the middle of wrapping up. Like we hadn't even we hadn't even walked off the battlefield. Yeah. Like this like that was Like the- Sendak died because Shiro rode on the outside of a on the outer hall of a crashing spaceship. spaceship also he took he took off. his helmet off. I wanna say something. We wear helmets riding bicycles which travel three feet above Earth's surface at 20 miles an hour. He was on the outer hull of, of a, a ship spaceship burning up entering, on the entering atmosphere. Entering atmosphere. Yeah. And he was fine. Physics doesn't exist. So, so, and then at the end, it's like, oh, fuck, it's an Altaian or some shit. And then they don't mention it again for the rest of the episode. And like, it's like they're waiting. The Altaian thing was the sting. Was the sting. They're, they're like, the, woo. But know? still, it was just like, oh, we fought it. That happened. And then a bunch of aliens settled on Earth. But ooh, I wonder who the mysterious enemy will be. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck you. And that wasn't the worst part because the worst part was Admiral Sonda. The worst part was Admiral Sonda. Which will go on at length about. I will abridge my (laughs) Admiral Sonda rant. But all I will say is that if you purport to be a progressive show that cares about social issues, that is representative of the things the young people care about, like the social justice, and then you write a military high command that has a single female commanding officer of that level, and her purpose in the story is to have no other characters that she cares about, to needlessly obstruct uh, our, our guy, Sam Holt, needlessly obstruct his wishes at every turn, um, seemingly have no central purpose because she, all of the things she says no to are in contradiction with each other, um, be like just generally unpleasant, um, Encourage Sam Holt to subvert military hierarchy because it's the only reasonable thing to do because she just won't appreciate the the alien threat that's coming in. Um, just j- like she exists to be that bitch that you don't like. And she does this. There is no other female character of that level in high command. And then she betrays Earth 
because she's like, well, I just thought that if we gave the in, gave the occupying alien colonial force the super weapon that they think we have, they'll Alliance. take it and go home. No, military commander would think that because it is manifestly stupid. So you're trying to make me believe that this woman climbed the ranks. Like her whole character point is that she's ruthless and untrusting, which is why she doesn't trust Sam Holt, even though we know he should be trusted because we've seen the aliens because we've been watching fucking Voltron. And then she turns around and is like, oh, I just thought that if I trust it. No, that doesn't make any sense. So her purpose is to, she is the most regressive female character i have ever seen written on a show like in this day and age and this was happening in the same season that adam happened and nobody is complaining about this even though it is so transparently so transparently sexist i mean i know the answer is everyone cares about adam because actually they're ships and i don't mean spaceships Uh haha we all know about the voltron fandom I'm just, I'm so disgusted. And the Voltron team issued an apology for the way they wrote Adam because the fandom was burning itself down on like uh, on social media, just absolutely ripping into them for how careless and stupid it was. And that was careless and stupid. Like we established that. But the Admiral Sonda thing was like, I couldn't even call it carelessness. It's toxic. I don't know who wrote this character. I don't know how this character passed muster. I don't know how anybody in this writer's room patting in the middle of sucking their own dicks for being so progressive popped their dick out of their mouth and sat up for a second to look over the script on their desk and be like, yeah, that looks like a progressive female character. That looks like a good example to set for young women who might want to go into the military. That looks like a good example to set for young men in the military to, to, to see how they should view women in leadership positions in the military. That's a good representation of women in our show. Anyway, that's all. That's all I had to say yeah, about Admiral Sonda. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's fuck this show. Fuck the people who like this show. <laughs> Fuck the fact that we're probably going to watch season eight of this of show. I have to know if my Altean pickle jar theory is correct. This is this is so bad. Voltron is bad. It's it is bad. a bad show. It's not even so bad. It's good. It's just bad. It's just bad. On to new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, um, I actually really, really want to talk about Jimmy and the Pulsating Mask, considering okay. that we started okay. this the last episode by calling this Jamie and the Pulsating Mask. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, we never so, talked about it. Um, Jimmy and the Pulsating Mask, uh, taking a hard left in a video games for a second. Uh, okay. It, it is... Continue. I will be listening, because I probably won't. I'm going to... I get... <sighs> Continue. Okay. I'm doing things <laughs> quick, that are going to quick. be helpful to you, Angela. Ma- Thank Ma- you. Mods are asleep post... Uh, b- Post nudes. Post, nudes. <laughs> Post pictures of giraffes on tricycles. Yeah, okay. So, um, anyway. Uh, Jimmy and the Pulsing Mass is a new game that came out. It's a new indie game. It's a new RPG. Um, it came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, as, as of our recording date. Uh, yeah. Which is like August 20. So, a couple more weeks ago something. when this ends up airing. Um, it's on Steam. Uh, you could also get it on Itch.io and a couple of uh, other platforms. It's for it's for the PC and it also plays on Mac. Um, and it is roughly inspired by Earthbound and the Mother series. Um, 
and it is about Jimmy, uh, the titular main character. Um, and the concept is essentially uh, going on an adventure through the lens of seeing what it is like in Jimmy's dreams. Um, <laughs> and I can't adequately explain how amazing this game is. Um, it's truly spectacular. I, I know that I it probably just sounds like I'm jerking off another indie game, uh, but this is a truly fucking special game um, for so many reasons. Like, uh, number one, the systems are really interesting. Um, Jimmy has the ability to empathize with his enemies, uh, which lets him turn into those enemies. And use their movesets. Use their movesets, gain their stats, stuff like that. Um, that's really cool. Um, there's eight different party members that you get, and they're all very interesting and have their own um, movesets. It has that sort of like uh, try and break this game feel of like Chrono Trigger and older RPGs. Um, it, and it's emotional as hell. And it's also genuinely scary and unsettling. Um, and the reason why it is, is because it takes, it basically lets you explore, which is something that a lot of RPGs don't let you do anymore. But the more you explore, the more the game starts to become fucked up. Yeah. Um, and that, but, and... It's really hard to explain it without spoiling it, but, like, things start becoming more like a twisted nightmare hellscape. Uh, yeah, like, there, there, there are, there's loads of overworld to explore, like, loads of areas, and then there's basically, like, one hard-to-get-to or optional area per, like, main town or, like, main section, and invariably, there's something fucked up about these like hard to reach areas. Like basically the further you go off the beaten path, the more likely you are to run into something like truly upsetting. Um, and, and of course there are truly upsetting things on the plot path also, but they're kind of separate. Yeah. Um, and when we say truly upsetting, we mean actually upsetting. Like the developer tried to stylize every like screwed up optional dungeon off of a different sort of fear. Like the first optional area I explored was incredibly claustrophobic. Um, there was basically, there was a one section where you actually had to change into a character to crawl through an incredibly tiny space. And at one point you get stuck. Now I'm not claustrophobic, but I could tell how that would fuck somebody up pretty right quick. Like they oh, yeah. Amagara fault style. Um, there was another dungeon that I just tried to do today that's basically all about the fear of heights. There's, like, a, an area where you walk from, like, top view over a, on a tiny span over a vast abyss, and the wind blows and blows you off if you don't do the right thing to avoid it. Um, yeah, which is super screwed up. There's an entire dungeon that is themed around the idea of what it is like to look at a problem like in school, like look at a brain teaser and be completely incapable of solving it. That like, one fucked me up. Like I got, I got angry because 
being angry kept me from feeling like from pooping my pants. Like <laughs> I was, I was real scared. That area really messed me up. Um, um, yeah, there's, um, there, there's an area themed around sort of like abstract dreams and like, you know, the end of the world. And then there's another area, uh, that has this sort of like, uh, Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. Yeah. With like, like, torture and riddles and like like the the inability to please somebody no matter what you say or do and they're just going to hurt you yeah um and then there's the pulsating mass the yeah t- the which titular is pulsating mass yeah which is a a totally different so all these other things that we've told you about are optional um and you know you get cool stuff out of them and you understand plot out of them but the pulsating mass is the main antagonist and he's scary less because there's just nightmare fuel all around you. He's scary because he feels unstoppable. Um, yeah, and like it's it's a game that really explores the concept of like what it is to really hate. Yeah, like e- like like either abstract impersonal hate or like just really singularly focused childish petty unkind vicious hatred and that's the pulsating mass yeah it's it's terrifying because you know it exists and you know that it hates you in particular and it feels like there's nothing you can do about it um like of course you try it's a video game you know but like just the idea that there might always be something out there you know, watching you, hating you is like, it sends chills down your spine. Um, yeah. Like, this isn't the type of RPG thing where, like, we're fighting the general darkness that is darkening the landscape specifically because it's just, that's just what it is. It's like, no, we're fighting this thing because this thing wants to kill me. Yeah. That actually doesn't care about killing anybody else. Yeah. Um, and... What's really neat is that even though we've talked about how scary this whole thing is, it's really not a horror game. Like, yeah, like I was thinking uh, it it's not a horror game because it doesn't have the goals that the horror genre has. Yeah. I think that especially, like today, the horror genre does what the tragedy genre used to do yeah. like in the time of like Aristotle when he wrote his poetics. The horror genre is, is tra- it usually is tragic. The idea is that the main character is going to do the bad thing and get hurt and you have to watch it and you can't stop in the yeah. same way that Oedipus is going to kill his dad and fuck his mom and you can't stop. You just have to watch. Yeah. And then bad things are going to result. You know, um, Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass isn't like that. Horrifying things happen in it and you get scared from things that happen in it but it's not about catharsis or tragedy. It's about relationships. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy has a really interesting and complex family. And uh, uh, also Jimmy. So Jimmy's eight. And like, he feels like he's eight. Yeah. Like he doesn't read like, like a, a kid character, a kid main character in an RPG who's young and 
acts like like a tiny adult or a tiny teenager who's just younger and doesn't know as many big he actually he psychologically feels like an eight-year-old yeah like he's he's at the age where he's wondering about larger concepts you know he's of the he's of the age of reason he can think about things like good and evil and right and wrong and um you know whether it's like good and bad but he he does it at an appropriate level which i feel like a lot of writers find it hard to write children of this age mostly because it's hard to remember being of an age where you can think complexly but you just don't have the experience to yeah it's hard to it's hard to shed your memories like that yeah hey listeners hold on a second jimmy you might want to flip that from the filtered water to the like actual water if you click it it'll have a longer stream Jimmy, I mean Jamie, yeah. is uh, assisting yeah. in the kitchen. Um, cool. Hey, buddy. Hello. How you doing? I took over your podcast. No, that's cool. I was just, you know, I was trying to be like, a fi- a sort of like efficient. Because I, I said I would help you wash your dishes. No, I appreciate it. So while you were, I was listening to what you were saying. I was just like, I was just like, I don't know that I have anything because I haven't played this game. I, it sounds inter- It sounds very interesting. It's very good. It's only fifteen dollars. It'll be something that I. Yeah, you're never gonna the, play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other, the other thing about indie games is when Angela first told me about Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass, I expected a game of about the length of an Undertale, maybe, um, or like one shot or something like three to five hours yeah no it's like a full like 40 hour game yeah you're like, a, it's you're, the a, length. you're at 25 30 hours i'm now? at like 25 hours and we've been like blasting them out because i can't get enough of this fucking game and yeah. i i feel like i'm like i'm still cracking it open so i feel like this is a game you're probably the only way that i'll ever play this mm-hmm. is if you force me to play not tonight because I can't, I, I, I say that very forcefully because I, I literally just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would don't have the time. I, I have to get back to my actual job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like the only way I'll actually play this game is the next time I come here, you force me to play. That might happen. Yeah. Just saying. That, that could yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, here's, here's a funny thing. I literally say that almost to say you should do that next time. <laughs> is that a challenge? Yeah, well, well that, that's cool. By then, Casey should uh, have finished. So we could just sit here and watch. We will watch. <laughs> All will be one with the pulsating. Right. Yes. There will be no hate or fear you or could, love anymore. You could you could uh you could meet Jonathan Bear. He's, okay. he's your best friend. He's your best friend. You'll never love anyone as much as he loves you. <laughs> oh, I've been in a relationship like that. Right, awesome. I, I okay, I woke up last night from a nightmare in which Jonathan Bear appeared in the middle of it without any other Jimmy related context in my otherwise unrelated dream parts. And I was so afraid I woke up. <laughs> I know this sounds like one of those. Yeah, I was there too. like dumb, like stories. you had. No, I this really had this was real. I had to tell Angelo about it in the morning. I was like, so Jonathan Bear haunted my dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this hasn't happened to me for a very long time. Um, I'm scared. Yeah, no, it's great. Oh, and also the soundtrack's great. In fact, the soundtrack is also the soundtrack really contributes to how scary a lot of parts of the game are. So, um, Jamie, yes, uh, I would like you to fade this episode in and out uh, using the track 
uh, cocoon throbbing in a dead man's mouth. Okay. Uh, from the Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass you soundtrack. You are going to have to either email me or text me that now. Uh, okay, I will text you the name. You okay. can easily Google it. In But with context, because I'm going to look at it later and not know what the hell you're talking uh, about. Oh, you're, you're an asshole. But sure, yeah, I will do I will do that now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, the Jimmy, yeah, uh, the Jimmy yeah. and the Pulsating Mass soundtrack is incredible. First of all, it's huge. There's like a unique overworld theme, a unique battle theme, and a unique fucked up overworld theme, and a unique fucked up battle theme for basically every area of which there are like... Okay, so there's like three or four towns or areas per continent, and there are like, I've found so far six continents. Okay. That's like 24 areas. There are, there, and, and all of it is great. Like, the, the, there, there are a lot of really dreamlike, like really serene tracks. There are a lot of really fun, energetic tracks. Um, there's one continent that has like a bunch of like actual like horror send ups, like basically like Halloween or like spooky swamp themed areas. And the one area has a soundtrack that I'm pretty sure does like a riff on Halloween, like the movie Halloween. Um, okay. And, um, and all the scary tracks are like really scary. The battle music is incredible. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there are a handful of times when tracks from the soundtrack are derez to eight bit. Uh, like NES style, um, like like chiptune style, as opposed to like the more rich SNES style you that the whole game specifically, has. Specifically, by the way, with only the tools that the NES would have allowed you to do, to use. Okay. So, um, it's just, it's real good. Yeah. Okay. It's real good. And so, just to uh, not wrap up, but the last thing we mm-hmm. should we should talk about uh, disenchanted. Mm-hmm. Disenchantment. 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 Yes, it's very different. Disenchanted is a song by My Chemical Romance. Yes. Uh, So So for those of you who don't know what Disenchanted is, Disenchantment is. Yes. (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) Can it continue to happen? Sorry. (laughs) My fault. Uh, Um, It's the new show by Matt Groening. Yes. And Um, a lot of the people who are also behind Futurama. Yeah. Um, So I went into it. Uh, and and it, it's themed after medieval fantasy. Yes. Um, so I went into it thinking, you know, oh, cool. The, another Futurama, you yes, know? With like, very high hopes and expectations. Yeah. And I came out of it going, okay. Like, yeah. it is. I think this might be like a weird, <sighs> I, this is going to sound absolutely terrible. This is like the reverse of Voltron. It's yeah, like you go in with really high expectations, and you end up being kind of like, eh, because it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, it's just there's there's I, there are things that I hoped because I was really excited. So when okay. I heard about it. So so the good parts. Yes, Eric Andre as a little demon that follows the main character yes. everywhere. Yes, is great. Yeah, just probably the best character in the show. Yes, definitely. Um, so uh, that's fantastic. Um. The sense of humor is very hit or miss, uh, yeah. but its high points are decently high. Yeah. Um, I feel like plot and st- I feel like it almost like I wanted it to be funny, but especially like the last couple of episodes, I feel like actual like storytelling mm-hmm. was actually really good on this show. So I, I feel like the storytelling was decent, but I also felt like there was a problem, which I felt like it tried to jump head first 
into the emotional yes. parts of yes. Futurama. Yes. But it didn't give it time to build up to those emotional yes. parts. Like, like the, 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 they kill off a main character. Well, that, you know what's interesting? I didn't... I, I knew there was something that seemed off about it, mm-hmm. and I, cu- I couldn't articulate it, and that's exactly That's exactly what it, it, what it, right? Is. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Futurama... <laughs> on you being, a cri- you know, a critic for yeah. a living. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, Futurama... You know, gave us season after season of just see looking into the daily lives of these characters, you know, yes. like uh, seeing how they interact with each other and with the world. Um, they don't establish the world very well. Like Futurama, no. Futurama didn't make any sense, but was consistent in its nonsense. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disenchantment is not consistent in its nonsense. Yeah, um, I feel like it. I almost feel like it tries to be too grounded. Yeah, when it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um. So you never get a feeling of what the world's like. You never particularly get a uh, get a feeling for what the characters are like, and the characters are way too one note. Um, like the main character Bean. Yeah, is basically just. They're female empowered. Ver- it's like it's a- as if Bender was Merida from Brave, yeah. <laughs> um, and like you know, what, you know what? It's weird. You know what? Uh, actually, uh, and some of this has to do with like the, the person who's play. It's literally it's medieval Abby Jacob Jacobson's character from Broad City. Is yeah, basically yeah, basically, what the character yeah. Is. Um, but not as funny or interesting. Yeah, like, you know. Um, and like, here's the thing: like, for there's another character, Elfo, right? Yes. Who like is, is an elf? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, in episode seven, it comes out that Elfo has a crush on the main character. Yeah. This was not foreshadowed in no. any way. It no. was just well, that's the male main character. I guess they have to have something for each other. It is completely different from, like, how they handled Fry and Leela. Yes. Which was, like, starting as an antagonist relationship and growing yeah. to be friends and having that friendship slowly blossom, like, seasons and seasons later into, yeah. like, a relationship. Yeah. Um, the fact that they just threw Elfo in there, yeah. you know, was horrible. And then, like, like spoilers. I'm sorry, but spoilers. Two se- two episodes later, he dies. Yeah. And we're supposed to feel something about yeah. that? And I, we don't. Like... I, I think some of the... Pro- I, 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 I almost feel like, interestingly enough, the... And I already... I, I can already predict this is going to get a second season. Because oh, I yeah. think enough people watched it. Mm-hmm. But, but the... And maybe they knew that ahead of time, and maybe they didn't. But I always feel like this become this has become a pattern of shows that are streaming mm-hmm. is that the question of whether you're going like unless they ordered three seasons ahead of time mm-hmm. the question of whether you're going to get a second season which you also was i you know it was a problem with any show that was on a network i i is true but it almost seems like they that's why they try and stuff in too much. Yeah. In that first season. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we don't know if this will continue. So let's try and have every kind of thing that normally you would set up longer. Mm hmm. Uh, and the reason, I mean, Futurama, they might not have known that Fry and Leela were going to get together season because who knows? They might not have known that they were going to get that many seasons to do that. Yeah. 
but they were okay. Like that was the thing. They were okay with the show just ending if they never hit that point. Yes. You know? And that's the problem with Disenchantment because it wants to do all the things that made you feel and think when you watch Futurama. Like yes. it, it wants every episode to be either the Futurama God episode or yeah. the Futurama Love episode yeah. or the Futurama um, uh, multiple timeline episode or going to the future episode. Like it wants every or the dog episode. Like it wants every single episode to be one of those that's like, oh, this really made me think and feel and care about things. Except but you need the 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 heavy comedy like yeah ridiculous episodes to bookend those and 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 the thing is since the characters are so outrageous at this point like yeah beans only character archetype like her only her only personality trait is she drinks a lot and doesn't listen to anyone you know um and i can't actually think about who bean is you know, because if you, you ask me who Philip J. Fry was, you know, I can name like uh, things that happened in his past. I can name, yeah. you know, what his favorite foods are and, you know, what his favorite sports were and the things that he cared about. I don't know anything about Bean, you know, like even in the first episode of Futurama, I could tell you the central conflict of Philip J. Fry. Yeah. But Bean doesn't have a central conflict. Yeah. You know, like, she does, well, she does. It's just not a very, it's just not very well, good. The, the and they don't, they don't like, hold but it's abandoned it. in episode three. Yeah. Like the, the, so the conflict that that's she, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. They like, hold on to it. Like she was set up with the conflict was my dad wants me to marry off into another, you know, blah, 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 kingdom. And then, uh, so she kills them, the, the two people who want to marry her. And then the show just goes, fuck it. We're not going to deal with that anymore, <laughs> you well, know? Well, in fairness, the guy that she support, the second guy ends up showing up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not in that context. Not in that context. And I feel, so there, there's an interesting thing. And I, it's, it, it was a weird thought that I had uh, initially, like, watching it, is that also Futurama and this isn't this isn't to knock Eric Andre or Abby Jacobson, or uh, or Nat Faxon, mm-hmm. who are the three main people. But there is something about when non, predominantly non, voiceover actors do animation mm-hmm. that I end up wanting to spend more time with the characters who are played by voiceover actors. Right. Like, I want to spend more time, even though I feel like there was some potential that was squandered. It's like, come on, you have Don John DiMaggio playing the king. Yeah. I, I want more... More of him. More. I... And then it becomes really interesting at like, yeah. the end, you know? Yes. Uh, I want more of Tress McNeil, just in general. But, like, yeah. her playing the, like, whatever reptilian yeah i mean like i uh all of the voices i mean some of them are, are voices that are like the the voice of like the priest character mm-hmm. is is kiff yeah is basically <laughs> kiff. uh and you just you just hear those it was like okay that's maurice that's who one of the characters the maurice lamarche is playing that's right. one of the characters that billy west is playing and he's like as soon as I, and also i think that's in your brain watching Futurama, once you hear that, you're like, I want to spend time with that character. 
Right. And it pulls you away from the who they want you to care about as I mean, the main character. I mean, to be character. fair, though. Which I don't like, know is necessarily their fault. Like, Well, to be fair, I don't think it's just the voices. Like, there's, like, Oddval Sosario has this huge, like, secret society yeah, plot. Yeah. Like, there's more things <laughs> about his character than our main characters. Yes. You know? And here's the thing. When they started giving us tidbits about the main characters, which only happened in the last few episodes, yeah. they resolved none of it. Yeah. Not a single thing. And in, like, really bad ways, too. Like, yeah, at yeah. one point, one of the characters is opening a letter, and he just gets hit in the back, and it falls into <laughs> to the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's basically a giant middle finger. It's like, fuck you. You don't get to know, you which know? Is, which is funny, because if they didn't know that they were going to get a second season, that's clearly a thing that you're going to... Yeah. You're setting up for a second season. Like... Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I, I hope... They do better in a second season. There's so much, there, there, like the goodwill that they they built uh, with the Simpsons initially, but especially with Futurama, mm-hmm. uh, just gives me a, a sense of hope that there is so much that could, especially with a fantasy universe. There's so much that could be done, so much you could attack, so much, and that was also the disappointment. There's so much to attack. So much to make fun of. Yeah. Uh, that I feel like hasn't been done well before. Mm-hmm. That it's just like the fact that the... It, it's like, and like I said, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. Um, it's I'm, just... It wasn't... I, I, I watched it as background noise, though. Like, like I was not invested. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't start it that way, and then it became that. And yeah. now, now I do... Wa- I'm rewatching it as background noise. Um, uh, I will tell you one thing. So did you catch the future Ami Easter egg? I did not. Uh, so, um, in the final episode, when Lucy uh, tells the orb to replay what happened in okay. the room, uh, one of the scenes is of Fry, Bender, and Professor Farnsworth in the time the machine time that could only course, go forward. Of course it is. So <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. It was great. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, that's Disenchantment. Uh, isn't horrible, but yeah. didn't live up to my expectations. I'm different. still here, but I haven't watched this show. Yeah, <laughs> that's alright. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's it. And also, yeah. I really need to get back to. Yeah, well, fuck you. But I think yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. basically everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Thank you for doing this again. I'm in for feeding. No problem. Uh, we Casey, especially, not not that I don't love Andy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but me especially though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll we'll do this again. We just need to hang out with you more. Yeah, randomly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, you need to become one with the pulsating mass. Yes. <laughs> no one will ever love you. Fuck! I fucked it up. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>